really you're only dealing with the copper, the chopper, copper, chopper. Oh the imperial scrolls of honor podcast i'm josh Poland, and i'm jay baxter and we're gonna be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again game app being lobbed into your bunker here today as we will be chatting about jackal for your nintendo entertainment system oh yeah yes emulation disclosure i emulated on nestopia my pc uh with the usb replica nes standard controller jay how did you play I replicated it on OpenEMU on my Apple desktop with a standard NES controller plugged into my USB as well. As Jay is wont to do. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, sure. please, rate, please rate and review the podcast. And just a reminder, we will read it on the pod if it fulfills one of three criteria. It's full of glowing praise, it's criticism is constructive, or... It's not constructive, but I deem it funny by my twatty comedy standards. So please do leave those, and uh, <laughs> we'll broadcast them out to the to the internet. <laughs> what are we jamming on now? What are you jamming on now, Jay? Man, sadly, these last couple of weeks I've been working my butt off, so I've not jammed on a whole lot. But when I have, it's been NBA 2K20, man. That game is so addictive. Just the Seattle surge, just running through opponents and then occasionally getting dunked on by some dude online. So it's fun times, though. It's pretty awesome. You, you play the online thing a lot? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's awesome just because, like, you know, I've set up my my roster. my I've designed my jerseys. I've designed my re- arena. So I have my experience set. But it's also fun for me to kind of go online and then played at somebody else's arena with their jerseys and kind of see what they've created. So some of it is kind of just like, yeah, you know, whatever thrown together. Some of it's really cool. So it's, I just find that pretty fun, you know, Do, doing research, market research. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty cool. Like it's just, you know, it's something different, you know, kind of makes me feel like I'm playing with some dude next door, even though I don't know the dude next door. What about you, man? What have you been jamming on these days? Do you do you ever get like the little shithead kids talking shit to you, like the memes and stuff, or no? No, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only really talk I've gotten was a good game when a dude and I went to overtime. Freaking pissed me off so badly because I was winning by like t- like fifteen, and this dude came back because he was like higher ranked than me. So I was like whooping him. He came back, tied it up right at the buzzer. And then, like, beat me in overtime. And I was just like, son of a bitch. But he was just like, good game. I was like, yeah, respect. You know, what, what, what are you going to do? Just batting the bunny like Muhammad Ali, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have my chance. Ah, uh, so uh, much Subnautica, man. That's what I've been playing. I've been playing. Oh, uh, man. See, the other day when I was getting on the game at, like, freaking 9 o'clock, because that's when I got off work, I saw Subnautica on the xbox screen and i was like Foland was talking about it well i could get it for free at game pass now like I, oh, it's no. literally free for me you should fucking for free oh my god yeah but but you, that's you, you better beat it before wait, honestly you need to be full <laughs> no matter no matter how much you play it and how far you get when it goes off game pass you'll pay for it that's so oh, fair see, warning 
that's my problem though man like you know my thing i still have to finish zelda i have games i need to finish in the archive before i bring in another one that's going to suck me in you know that's my whole thing yeah well i mean if that if that is your concern then yes don't download it because you will do nothing else for a <laughs> uh <sighs> or at least be multitasking your ass off with this uh in between whatever else you're doing oh well you know what that reminds me i take that back Something else I jammed on yesterday, unlocking the DLC characters for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch, because I finally freaking bought that DLC, so I'm pretty excited to play uh, Blade and Moonlight and Phoenix. DLC, how much is DLC for a fucking beat-em-up? Dude, it was like $20, it was nothing. That's fine. I mean, nothing, that's $20. Dude, but that got me like... It got me like like sixty bucks. Like this was like a serious title, man. Oh my god, dude! But it got me like twelve new characters, so, so it's so, worth it. So terrible, so, it. so terrible. <laughs> that's not in, the, in the game, the original. I'm so so against that kind of. I mean, I you know, it's arguable no matter what it is. But like, I can at least, you know, if you if you have a a, a game that I feel like I played a whole game, and then you add like additional story chapters. Mm-hmm. to to a game with a significant story in the first place like i can kind of get on board with paying for that uh or at least suck it up and do it without being too um upset about it but just to like get you know charging me for fucking costumes or more characters or <laughs> it makes me it upsets me so much well you do get both so you get extra storyline like you get the fantastic four and brand new content as well but like even without those though you still get like <laughs> i love it you you sound like you, you read still it. without like you read the get... thing brand new content <laughs> <laughs> but you get like 40 and 50 characters like as it is so like you don't need the extra characters but because I love X Men, and that's yeah, my jam. They, like I want them all. Exactly, they leave the ones <laughs> out that they know you'll pay extra for later. Yeah, like yes, they give you a shit ton of characters, but they're not the characters you really want. You know, they do the same thing with the clothes and stuff. Like they like, you know, you get some standard issue thing, and they're like, oh, I can buy some cool ass shit for ninety nine cents to put on my digital human being. Like, which I one hundred percent agree with in every other case <laughs> except this. They got me with this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you're. Having- even if you're getting suckered into spending money on dumb shit, I'm glad you're having fun, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, uh, yeah man. So I, I was exploring deeper and farther all the time. That's that's Jab's slogan. Uh, when I because like I don't want to, you know, I, I'm ter- terrified about spoiling shit for myself when I'm enjoying a game story. So like, if, you know, Google, just googling around for answers will, can fuck you royally in that. Oh that, yeah. That category. So I didn't, you know, I. Didn't want to do that at all, but I had a jab and played the shit out of it so I could, like, ping him if I was, like, stuck on something or I was, like, unsure about whether or not something was going to ruin something large in, a, in, a, in some way. I could I could text him and ask him questions that I knew he would keep the answers spoiler-free to, you know what I mean? So so, so I, would, I would bother him about things on occasion, uh, but when he didn't want to spoil something, he would say that. He would just say that. He would say... Deeper and further. <laughs> Keep more, deeper nice. and further. Like that's that's the answer to your question. Like the Genesis system. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, so yeah, man, I fucking platinum trophy earned, bro. I did all the things. I beat the fucking game. Uh, nice. It's got. It's got, uh, it's got. It doesn't have that many. It's got a, a pretty limited number of trophies. I want to say it was only ten or something, but I got all of them. I had to look up towards the end. I looked up a couple things, and it, it wasn't. 
I honestly didn't even need to in hindsight. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of like trying something that I knew I should try but didn't want to deal with. <laughs> like I had already thought of the answer. I was just like, I don't want to fucking do that though. <laughs> <laughs> if this is not it, then I'm not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so there were a couple things, but they were all rather mild for the most part. I kept it spoiler free, dude. And I played it. I played it on natural and it was fucking, Oh my God, man. I just don't Worth even it? know. I don't even know how, yeah, I don't even know how to explain how it's so good. Uh, I'm not even going to try, I guess, to, to, tr- to, to convey how much I enjoyed it because I'm not going to do it justice. Uh, but yeah, man, play it whenever you get right. the, whenever I'm you know you have the list. List. Yeah, play it and don't look shit up. Like no matter what it takes, uh, do, you know, do your best to not look, look shit up, look up answers because it is so much about the unknown. Like so much of the mm-hmm. enjoyment is not knowing what's out there and not knowing where to go and not knowing what your place is in this alien world and like you know i I can't even like explain that to its fullest extent without feeling like it's a little bit of a spoiler you know it's just it's so much about not knowing what to do um Mm, okay so good you know like you you, yeah i don't know again yeah i can't like there's something i want to say so bad but i I, (laughs) honestly even that as vague as it is 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 more than I would want to ha- be told going into All it. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to play it then, so hold it then. If it's spoiler, spoilerish, then hold it because yeah. I'm definitely going to play it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so now I have the full story behind me, uh, and and it's such a it has we I talked about before it has that base building component to it, you know. So there's a lot of like once you kind of alleviate a little bit of your fear about what about staying alive in this place. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of you know of course what what doing the finishing the main story does for you. I'm getting myself into like completionist and pointless continuation at activities and stuff. So the first uh, thing I did was start collecting all the alien eggs. So like I'll, there's not every uh, wildlife or animal in 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 out there has an egg that you can find, but many do, and. You can, one of the things you can build is an alien containment tank, and it's basically a big-ass fish tank for your base that you can hatch these eggs in and grow them in your base with the intent of studying them. Because one of the like, and this is all, but like one of the things you do are you you uh, so you, you're dropped on this place. You have no fucking idea where you are, what these things are, how dangerous they are how whether they can benefit you or not as far as staying alive goes so you one of the things that you learn how to build early on uh like literally and if you want to call it the tutorial (laughs) uh it's (laughs) it's one of the first things they the the, you're you're encouraged to build and it's a scanner and, and you can you know swim up to a fish out in the ocean and use the scanner thing and it's kind of it's got like a little progress bar so like bigger things take longer to scan so of course big big dangerous things are, are super dangerous to do this with <laughs> uh but you can scan these things and then once you scan them your computer gives you kind of like a a bio return uh, on on their threat level and if mm. if they serve any sort of nutritional purpose etc cetera, etc cetera. and with those dangerous fish like i said you you know doing it in the nat- in the wild is very dangerous and very terrifying. So if you can get an egg for one of these things, you can take it back and hatch it. And when the- and things hatched in containment in uh, are not hostile. So you can scan them in your tank. You you can literally get into the tank with them. 
Uh, it's like yeah. a big, big ass tank that you can get into, and you can swim around with them and scan them as captive born and get those statistics without putting yourself at risk. And it's also just awesome to have one of these, these things in your base, you know? Hmm. Uh, so yeah, like the first thing I did was I didn't even get that. I got that. I, I like the, the, you know, you learn how to build everything in the, uh, that you can put in your base one by one by finding little fragments of things or even a whole unit out in wreckage somewhere or something. So you don't even, you don't have everything from the beginning, of course. And I didn't get the alien containment room until super late like in the game so i didn't really i wasn't able to do this for the main story really barely at all and uh so yeah the first thing i did was like i'm getting all the eggs and i'm putting all these fucking things in tanks so i did that and that led to me going okay this is too it's too hectic in this tank i need to build a more uh like tapping into my type a anal retentive side i was like i need to build <laughs> i need to build like a research facility <laughs> and i i i decided i was like i realized that i could build above the water too like you can build up out of the water and i was like okay i'm gonna build an above water research facility that is like sprawling dude so dude i spent like i don't know man three four days of my real life i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) uh going out and getting all the materials necessary to build this it's like it comes up out of my my main base below water into this little tube that has a little observation deck on the end that looks out at the crash ship that you can see above the water that you that that you that you were like in space on and from there, it goes into this little kind of like hub room where I have a bunch of laboratory shit, like a bunch of beakers and a whole bunch of, you know, fucking things that you can find around at that that are just decoration. And then off that are six rooms that in kind of like this, uh, you know, I don't know, spider web kind of deal, like a perfectly symmetrical thing. <laughs> it's like they, <laughs> they go they go off in each direction and there's like tubes going off. And then the, the rooms are three rooms high with huge tanks inside. And I put one species in each tank and, and in the tanks. You can also they have uh, like a floor on the bottom that you could because there's like farming is, is a big thing in the game, too. You need to like or you don't need to, but you can teach yourself to grow things that help you stay alive and provide resources, et cetera, et cetera. So these tanks have grow soil at the bottom too. So you can go out. I went out and got native foliage from each of their, the environments where these were the six, you know, special uh, species that I decided I wanted to study most closely in this fucking laboratory. I went out and got, yeah, got the native uh, foliage to plant in their tanks. So they were most comfortable. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it was it was an insane project, dude. Uh, it looks beautiful, though. Uh, we're gonna need. A, I know this is a retro podcast, but I think we're gonna need like a video walkthrough of that facility. I, you I, know, I, what I, mean? like, I started between this and then the next thing I'm gonna tell you, I got into. My little brother's like, dude, you should like if you brought this ca- broadcast this shit on YouTube, people will watch this. I promise you. And I have, dude. Once I finished, <laughs> and I was not worried about spoilers. I started googling shit for kind of just ideas and like, dude, some of the videos out there are insane, man. People doing just crazy fucking shit in this game that is wildly late. I mean, that's part of what, that's honestly what gave me the Reaper tube idea that I'm going to tell you about next. Like I watched some dude build into, see, I can't even tell you that. Like there's, there's a, a part, <laughs> a part of the game that this dude builds into that you're just not supposed to build into. And, uh, I watched a fucking like, dude, I, it's like, it was like a three hour 
sequence of videos of this dude doing Whoa. this crazy ass construction project that I just watched on YouTube because it was fascinating because I couldn't believe the dude was doing it. So yeah, there is a, there is one hundred percent a community out there that like has gotten into the lore of the game and will watch you do crazy shit, no question. So nice. I, yeah, I finished that. That was awesome. And then so there's this incredibly terrifying. Uh, type of organism, the thing they're called Reaper Leviathans, and um, oh, they exist. Reaper in this, Leviathans, my which is a terrible, terrifying name. They did a good job with the naming. Leviathan is like a real <laughs> word too. It's like an actual mm-hmm. scientific. I did not. I'd never heard that word before. Before this, so I'm learning stuff too, which is awesome. <laughs> and in the Bible too, it's like some like mythic name in the Bible that people are like, "What does that even mean? Like, what is this creature? Like, uh, okay, it's yeah. crazy." Well, this thing is this thing warrants that level of of fear for sure. So it's they they actually they're they're in a bunch of places in the game. They're not in just one place, but they're in this one place that's nearby the place where you start, and that's in I I, I was not adventurous at all. And where you can build your base fucking anywhere in the game, no matter how terrifying of an environment you want to put it in. And you know, Jab's done that. I kept my base in, in, in like the safe shallows where you start because I didn't want my home base to be a stressful place. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so uh, there's this area that ended up being like so the game's measured in meters and it's like 600 something odd meters that i needed to get to i would eventually find out i didn't know though going into it i had no idea i thought it would be further than that actually and so i decided i wanted to because these you can't get eggs for these things i found which was a bummer uh so i wanted to study this the, the like the scariest thing in the game basically so i'm like i'm gonna build a tube just like a a, a tube because when you're in your base you you're you're safe. You can't be attacked. So I wanted to build a tube from my main base in the shallows all the way to this crazy dangerous area and be able to study this thing as it swam around just this all glass tube that I could see out of. So so the tubes are five meters a piece. Each tube section is five meters to build a tube. You need to go out and score four pieces of the quartz resource. And that turns into two pieces of glass, two pieces of glass, make a tube. So like I had, and dude, I mean, it's, they're, they're like, you know, it's there. You don't just, there is a way to get things kind of a little faster that I would eventually get to towards the end of this. But early on, I'm just going out and picking them up one by one. Dude. It's like going out and just spending hours picking these things up. And then going and building a few tubes, then coming back, and then going going out and getting more resources, and then going back and building more on the tube. <laughs> like, dude, for I mean, I've been doing it for a week, dude. Uh, and last night, I finally got to, I finally got it to like the very precipice of where this area is. And like, I need to do one more, I think, to really get in there. But I can, I can see the silhouette of it. <laughs> like it like comes into view and then they also make this terrifying sound their name is you know they make hence the name reaper <laughs> they make this terrifying blood curdling sound at all times pretty much so i can hear it and i can kind of see the silhouette of it so i need to build a little further out uh to actually do what my 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 original goal was but uh yeah so can like it those- come and, can it come and smash your tube and kill you like that sounds terrifying like in a real world sense to be sure yeah no i, I don't water a tube i don't believe so i'm pretty sure they can't uh and that was the allure of of this whole project is that I would be able right. to safely just watch these things swim up to the tube and probably talk mad shit to me <laughs> uh, from safety of the tube. And like, there's just no way to do that without having built this crazy thing. You know, I mean, I could have, I didn't need to build it all the way from my base. I could, you can just build anywhere pretty much, but 
I would have had to start building it from a safe place at least. And I just, I don't know. To, like once you get into it, dude, like you, you feel terribly uh, beholden to the lore of the game. Like the, the, the really? <laughs> like want, want to play within the, the confines of the story so badly because it is such a fascinating environment, you know? Uh, and it's so much more fun to do it that way. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Super, super okay. crazy project, dude. And that's, yeah, that's what I pretty much did for the most of the week. To celebrate uh, that victory, I ordered Simon's Quest on eBay last night. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's Quest. Yeah. Wait, so which which version, what system? Well, the NES. The, I mean, it's only, oh. it's, only, it's only an NES game, I believe. I don't think that had. That wasn't released elsewhere. Yeah, funny enough, another Konami title, actually, which is, I, it didn't even occur to me that. Naturally. There was, there, yeah, but eleven bucks for the case. Haggle it down from twelve fifty. I'm a master negotiator, so I ordered that last night. I also ordered Dungeons and Dragons: Warriors of the Eternal Sun for Genesis. It was another retro cop that I picked up off eBay the other day, and I downloaded right like right when I finished Subnautica. I didn't know that I was going to get loop loop, loop myself into these crazy ass construction projects. So I was like, I need a new game. So I started looking shit up, and uh, I was I was looking at there, there's a new game that came out that's about it's it's similar to Subnautica in that you're you're a dude that crashes onto a deserted island basically you're in a plane crash a private plane crash and you like land in the water and you need to like swim to safety and there's sharks and shit and it's about like surviving on a, on a desert island that looks really awesome so I was deciding between that and this game that Jab was telling me about called Amnesia that's a survival horror game. And the like the the reviews for this amnesia game, dude, uh, are just insane. Like ninety nine percent on every fucking thing. Like absolutely, amnesia. Ter- I've absolutely never heard ter- of this game. I never heard of it either. Absolutely terrifying trailers and stuff. Like everything you read about is just like, oh my fucking god, is this game good and terrifying? And just you never you never feel comfortable. And da 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 da. What system? Uh, it's on everything. Um, it was, I think it was originally a PC release, but it's been ported to Xbox and PS4. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I downloaded that, and like I haven't played enough to have an educated opinion. Uh, I'm a little skeptical though. Like I, I found out after I downloaded it that it, dude, it was like a 2010 original release. Like it's kind of an old game. Uh really? No wonder. Yeah. I'm like, how do I not know about this? Cause right, it's, and yeah. it's okay. like you can kind of fucking see it a little bit when you're playing it. Like it's. You know, the whole a game like that is predicated on immersion, you know, and that's what that's what's amazing about Subnautica. It's like beautiful, beautiful game, even though there are it, it does have some its own technical shortcomings at times. But generally speaking, it's a beautiful game and, and runs very smoothly and, and very cleanly. But this there, you can kind of see the seams at times, you know, like the mm. you can see the, yeah. the it's you know what I mean? So that yeah. kind of hurts a game like this a little more than it might hurt other types of games. You know what I mean? So. See, that's, that's always my thing with playing these like remastered classics and, and like, even the games are like, Oh, we're bringing this Xbox 360 game, you know, out of the woodworks for you to play again. Whenever I play those games, it's always like, yeah, I feel the technology at the time, you know, I'd yep. rather play the true retro like this or let me just play the current stuff. Like it just, right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The in between is, is tough. <laughs> in between. Like, yeah. Even like, you know, I had Nintendo 64 is a system. I have a lot of love for, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I remember like I have the nostalgia effect for a lot of those games, but very few of them are functional from a current perspective. Like when you yeah. turn, them, turn them on, you're just like, Oh my God, this is 
fucking terrible. <laughs> it looks awful. The controls are insane. Like, yeah. getting finding, you know, unless you have an N64 controller, like, there's no emulation controller that, like, can properly get what, you know, the N64 was such a wacky-ass controller that it's, it's super tough. <laughs> like a, like so a, dual, a, a dual analog stick, like, I have a little handheld emulator, uh, XD, it's called, is, is the brand name, and it's fantastic for everything else even yeah. through, like playstation and stuff uh, i think even playstation 2 runs okay on it but the n64 games are tough because that trigger on the bottom does not have an equivalent you know what i mean and yeah. it's the c the c buttons instead of a second analog stick are also super wonky you know it's just it's very very weird controller so definitely an experiment over the years man it's it's so funny just to look back now just Look at all the different variations of how things have morphed and the decisions over <laughs> of yep. these things over the years. For sure, for oh. sure. So that's most of it. You know, Animal Crossing update, I guess. I've gotten kind of to, to, to maintenance level with that. Just like jump on it for 15, 20 minutes a day, balance and rotate the tires, wrap it up. You know, there's not really hmm. a ton. You know, the even like, you know, the main story advancements of building on your house are like such large exorbitant numbers. I'm up to the... I think it's 738 grand is the loan on my new one. <laughs> For, I just got the third room. I, I had the third third edition put on on the main floor. So, yeah, I mean, the loans are so big, you're not even thinking about getting to the end of it. You just kind of go out and make a little bit of money each day and let it deposit into your account. And, you know, when you get there, you get there. But you don't even think about trying to get there actively, <laughs> you know. So there's not really much to work towards. Oh man! Uh, how, have you been playing that lately at all, or did you? Did you no, I do it? no. I it well, no. It's just on the lower totem pole for me. You know, when I get on, if I get on anything, it's like I need something. I was to say that's you're like fucking lying, because I've gotten on <laughs> both you online. I guess you didn't have to be playing Animal Crossing. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, there have been many, many days where Courtney's been like, "Hey, can I sign you on and have?" use you to water my flowers because you get you some bo- i guess you get some bonus when somebody else waters your flowers so most of the time uh, and that's that how the cross <laughs> thing works I, di- I didn't know how the yeah. cross amy's been amy was wondering that i imagine she figures she googles shit all the time i catch her googling shit she's cheating all the time too 100 <laughs> oh courtney she's like she's ridiculous with it man she made like she has like the max house you can get all the rooms max upgraded she made like Four million bells off of tips the other days from turnips and stuff like she just <laughs> yeah playing the turnip market yeah there's a fucking turnip market where you can oh play. man but here's the juice. hardcore if with you that. keep them for too long they go bad though it's like a super high oh, risk, I know. super high risk uh investment <laughs> like but like she made you know like she's a part of some some group where everybody posts who has the highest like turnip prices so she had bought like thousands or whatever like ninety someone else's town yeah and. But like on her island, for once, it was actually five seventy five. So she posted in this group that they were five seventy five. So everybody was beating her door down. Oh yeah, but so they would fly to her island and tip her a hundred k or ninety nine thousand bells every time as a tip. People, so people are maniacs, dude. People are. I mean, yes, nuts, man. (laughs) She's at another level right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just jump on. I, I, I did. uh, I. I had been wanting, there's like a, that, I don't know if you've noticed that the Ironwood set of furniture is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good set. Yeah. It's great. It's great for kitchen stuff. And I had been wanting, there there were a couple things I wanted for the kitchen really badly that I I clocked Amy had on her fucking 
uh, in her DIY kit. And I was like, oh, my God, fucking build me those. And she's like, send me the wood. It's a lot of wood. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to send her the wood, which she built them for me. So, <laughs> nice. uh, so yeah, I was able to deck out my kitchen the other day. And that was kind of exciting. But for the most part, nice. just plodding along. Nothing, nothing too serious. So that's what we're jamming on now. On to Jackal for the NES. That was the Boss Battle 1 track from Jackal. Nice little nice little song there. What do yep. you think? That track is a banger. I've been I've been hunting for music for my my next Bills hype video. Maybe I'll use that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. So the synopsis of Jackal, it's a little long, but it is good, albeit a little Ronald Reagan-y. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, return to Nam. Infrared satellites soaring miles above Earth have spotted dozens of American prisoners of war still trapped on enemy soil. Missing for years, but never forgotten, these men must be brought home. But America is in no position to risk an all-out invasion that could prompt retaliation. Instead, the only possible hope for their freedom is a small-scale commando raid. Codename, Jackal. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Immediately, the president turns to the Green Berets and their combat-ready tactical infiltrating jeep squad the jeep squad is comprised of 20 all-terrain four-wheel drive super mobile attack jeeps each equipped with one driver and one gunner only 40 of the green berets bravest and most cunning soldiers belong to this elite fighting force and because of the secrecy of the mission only a few of them qualify for the rescue attempt needless to say you've been chosen to be one of the few the proud the jackals so, <laughs> so the few. I, I, yeah, I, lo- I love the idea of a Japanese company. So work oh, up. So work great. up your. Yeah. So there's more. Slow down, Jay. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So work up your courage and polish up your guns because it's time to save the life of each and every brave American POW. And before you go, your country would like to say, "Good luck, son. Don't come home alone." Uh, yeah, that bite on the Marine slogan is a nice bar <laughs> from, from the lovely <laughs> Japanese developers uh, that are probably not impressed by American bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Great. I um, mean, yeah. what good. do you say there? Yeah, very, well written, very well written, if 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 not uh, uh, hyperbolic. <laughs> Let's go 80s. Yeah. Right, right. So what is the game format, Jay? All right, man, this game format, you know, it's interesting. The standard of this time, you know, is easily the side-scrolling platformer. But this one, my friends, is an overhead run-and-gun shoot-em-up. A very nice change, in my opinion. For sure, vertical, too. But but it has, like, that lateral range to it, which is crazy, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly we're going to talk about it, but the movement here is pretty nice. Very, very well done. Very tight. For sure. The release, it was developed by and published by Konami in the U.S. in October 88 uh, after hitting in Japan on May 2nd earlier that year. 
the with the artwork and cover art and stuff. It has it has the I it's kind of standard and iconic Konami silver box. The cover art is of course militaristic depiction <laughs> of a couple of jeeps with like big ass machine guns mounted on them. And there's a helicopter trailing them in the background. The Jeeps look pretty standard issue for military Jeeps at the time. There's nothing surreal about them or anything. They're not like wildly built out or anything crazy like that. They lead the back of the box copy off with a tagline that reads, take no prisoners except our own. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, Konami is just fucking cracking them off here for this one. (laughs) Go war, adrenaline, rock. Right, yeah, their copywriters are just jamming on this. It, it, it is also closed out rather poetically. You'll need a pocket full of miracles and the ferocity of a wild jackal. And they capitalize jackal in there, so they're not referring to the animal, Jay. Hmm, okay, <laughs> I stand corrected. Yeah, I, I literally told my daughter that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's, nice. a, it's jackal like the animals. She's like, hmm. She's like, her, her response, potato, potato. <laughs> I just started cracking up, like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, well, I can't even come back from that. <laughs> but I stand corrected. Mock mic drop. Three, <laughs> there's three screenshots on here. They got a tropical area, an airport, and maybe a pier. I, I kind of ascertained that last one to be. Last one is tough to parse, though. The hmm. manual, which is in the show notes, as it always is, is it's just... As all Konami box covers come standard issue, so goes the instruction manual cover. It's, <laughs> it's black and white, nothing but the title treatment on it with the words how to play above it and the Konami logo at the bottom. So the manual is 12 pages in total, all black and white. Table of content, contents on page three has their also standard Konami issue congratulations paragraph for having paid for their game. Or <laughs> <laughs> about how lucky you are to have purchased their shit. And there is a black and white excerpt of the box cover art there as well. And they give us a nice setup page with the aforementioned synopsis that I already read and an additional table setting page that talks about the mechanics, like lives you start with, stages, etc. But uh, it does it in the same, it's like in character, you know, they don't, it's not written as an instruction manual blurb, it's written in a way that... Like, soldier! This is yeah, what you're gonna yeah. do. <laughs> like when they they go to that level of immersion, is nice. It's a nice touch. Page okay. five has a step-by-step flowchart on rescuing the POWs. You got to destroy the barracks. They throw in a tip here to be sure to blast away and search every building. Don't leave anything behind unblown up. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, pull up the blown out. You got to pull up to the blown out barracks and pick up the prisoners as they flee for their lives. And then you drive your jeep full of prisoners to the heliport, where they'll be picked up by top secret stealth helicopters. And that was such a hot button word in the late '80s, man. Stealth technology. Stealth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't see you, bro. Stealth, man. Right, right. So that's that's par for the military flight vehicle course. And they have a breakdown of the four green berets on your cheap team, which is cool. It designates each as a gunner or a driver. And so the two drivers are Sergeant Quint. He's an indie car driver turned mercenary. Oh, he's got, he's got bandana shades, very Johnny Bravo looking motherfucker. And, <laughs> and then Corporal Gray, and he is a winner of six European Grand Prix races and considered the, the <laughs> considered the greatest stunt driver since evil Bo Weevil. 
So uh, <laughs> All right. I think I need to expound on that. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then the two gunners are Lieutenant Bob. He is the finest sharpshooter in the history of the Green Berets, which is a pretty hard flex. Seems like a tough thing to quantify with certainty, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, we have Colonel Decker, the commander of this operation and Medal of Honor recipient in Vietnam. And they go from there to a stage breakdown, and they call the stages in this game checkpoints instead of stages, which is also a nice touch, I think. And they are identified by Greek alphabet letters. Jay, can you list off the Greek alphabet right now? Go. <laughs> Delta Chi, Alphabet, Okay, now the founding fathers. Go. Myron McKee Crandall. Yeah. All right. Got nothing there. Oh, man. Something. So, oh, man. That's, that's Friday Hell Week shit. Listeners, don't worry about that. And- <laughs> Top secret. <laughs> <laughs> you tell anybody you die. As a Green Beret doing a secret mission, are you qualified to, to be privy to that knowledge? The <laughs> levels in this bitch uh, go Alpha, Checkpoint Alpha, Checkpoint Baker. Uh, these are not Greek letters, I know. <laughs> uh, checkpoint Charlie, Checkpoint Delta, Checkpoint Tango, Checkpoint Zulu. Your final confrontation, it's called, which is nice. Mm. Uh, what would you call these? What would you call those th- those names? Like, are those is that CB lingo, like military jargon? What What, what do you think that is, I mean, Jay? M- military Greek? Like, I don't know. That's your <laughs> top secret. <laughs> That's top secret code language. Right. I I, yeah, exactly. I didn't fucking know either, so I looked it up, and it is actually called the International Radio Telephony Spelling Alphabet. But is often also called the International, yeah, the International Civil Aviation Organization phonetic alphabet, as well as the NATO phonetic alphabet. It is the most really? wide is the most widely used radio telephone alphabet. There is a there was like it was a shit ton of post World War II linguistics research. Some of which was was actually conducted at the Ohio State University, Jay, that led. Uh-huh. To- Led to the fine tuning of a bunch of alphabets used during the war, and this one kind of won out. Basically, it was officially instituted by that organization with the, all the letters I already read off on March first, <laughs> nineteen fifty-six. So, little history lesson for you there on on what the fuck those are about. And the three of the outlines here are uh, the same screenshots on the back of the box, uh, that, uh, up next here. And they, they put that, uh, you can put that in the mildly interesting subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> and last, they kind of wrap things up with a two page section titled the enemy hordes wraps things up. And it's a like, pretty solid enemy breakdown. Basically they, they tack on a, the third of a final of the final page to writing your scores. And I always love that as the final button on these these things that the idea of as a little kid being like oh man i gotta write this score down in my book <laughs> yeah nice nice touch yeah so other than that radio telephony history jay is there any notable history for jackal there is a little bit you know if if you look for the arcade game jackal you won't find it you know it was actually distributed in the u.s under the title of top gunner in the arcades so interesting title. So Konami was naturally like, yo, we distribute this game adaptation of Top Gun. This would be super confusing. So let's call it Jackal. I, okay, nice. makes sense. But then also a couple months before this came out, the Japanese version was released on the Famicom system 
under the title Final Command Red Fortress. So all kind of different names. I mean, wonder what. Fun. Oh yeah, I wonder what Jackal exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. I'm like, why Jackal? Then like they just made it up and just went with it. I guess. But you know, it's also they have, interesting. They must have done a bunch of market testing that Americans would respond in aggro fashion to the name Jackal. Right. That, that it, that <laughs> Big fast animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, yeah, would pique little boys' curiosities. Uh, you know what I also found interesting though was this Japanese version of the game is like interesting because the Jeep it shoots at the direction that it faces instead of always sh- facing north. So that would make gameplay how a bit it, different. You know what I mean? How, yeah, definitely. How did? So I, I we'll certainly touch on that when we get into it. That's something we'll talk about. But that's interesting because I I initially had a problem with it because it was weird. But uh, I, I I by the end of the game I took a liking to that fact. So exactly same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean I wonder honestly if that's considered because on the surface that sounds better. But yeah, I I think absolutely. I wonder if that was like a tune up thing that they decided to do that they decided would would be better for the port to the u.s you know i think I, it I, might I, have been because like, yeah, it got annoying it. af like throwing grenades and trying to aim all the time like i was my left thumb was gonna work out trying to aim those bad boys you know what well, well yeah 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 so yeah having having a difference yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah i don't know that's that's an interesting thing it would be fun to talk to the developers and find that out what their intent was there right so lastly, in this section, we get our economic analysis, which we don't always do, but we did one this time. <laughs> so, so we brainstormed via text a little. So we did our co-op play after we, we uh, actually before you did your, your single player run, but we did, a, we did a co-op play and we were texting back and forth and decided that we'd use that experience as the springboard for the economic analysis time. So the thing we're looking at here is how many taxpayer dollars did we, Jay and I, piss away in our futile attempt at rescuing these PW, POWs in the first co-op playthrough, playthrough we did together. We ended up doing two. The first one was unsuccessful, or at least uh, was not completed in, in its entirety. We did rescue some POWs, but not all. <laughs> <laughs> so, step one in that endeavor is valuing a U.S. military Jeep in 1988. And Trying to sort this quickly got me to discovering that the U.S. stopped using Jeep-style vehicles in the early 80s Mm. uh, in favor of the Humvee. So, first of all, they wouldn't even be in Jeeps, so everything about this game is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I don't know. I want. I'm, you know what? I didn't look up, and I'm regretting it right now. I wonder if Jeeps were still – because, you know, these were being – like the, the 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 final one that got used really for the U.S. was a Ford model that they called the Mutt, and it was basically a Vietnam era vehicle. But those they got they sold them all over the world, you know, to to different uh, countries. So I wonder if in Japan Jeep was still stand mm. issue kind of all terrain battle vehicle like this. So I wonder if they didn't even think to like bother to check that out, you know. Uh, or Could actually, be. or even care, you know, because they were like, "Fuck it, we're it's a Japanese game. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> exactly. We're doing us. Like, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Either that, or they were like, "We were making this game like a year or two ahead of time, and for all they knew, Jeeps is what people was using." You know what I mean? Uh, they, would, they didn't have an internet to look at, uh, so to speak. That right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. 
and just look it up and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You gotta think you it's it's so easy to forget the fact that these games were made by like a handful of people in a little shitty room somewhere. They were not right? <laughs> it's not sprawling teams of two hundred and fifty people, you know, working on these things like games are these days. So it's right? it's very easy for three dudes to go, fuck, who cares? Just go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Gotta get home. Gotta eat dinner tonight. I'm gonna be <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I couldn't find 88 numbers, but I did find a 2011 cost number of 220K on a Humvee. So wow. I dialed those numbers back to $88. The cumulative rate of inflation was negative 47.4%. So the time adjusted price of that is 115 grand, 115,702,48 to be exact. And as far as our number of deaths in that first playthrough, Jay died 20 times in our play, me 20. <laughs> Yeah, I went back and watched the fucking play video that we recorded and is on our our YouTube channel. Actually, will be in the show notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get the exact numbers on that. So those are not guesstimated. And the reason I had more was because I was racking up extra lives that are better clipped than Jay was. So uh, I thought I was just playing way worse. I was like, damn. <laughs> well, those are those are kind of synonymous things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So Jay's POW rescue operation futility cost Uncle Sam. If you multiply those, uh, $2,314,049.60. My POW Rescue Operation shittiness cost Uncle Sam $3,123,966.96. So total cost of close to a little under $5.5 bucks. And you probably could have just bought these POWs back. <laughs> <laughs> From whoever had them, if you just offered them five million flat, so you'd save some, save some dough, and there clearly would have been a, a much more palatable loss of life quotient. And, uh, that kind of mentality, though, the reason that probably did not happen is because that kind of mentality would not serve Reaganomics's military spending initiatives. You know, so we got to keep the yeah. military-industrial complex supported, and that is done by dying soldiers. is the stages three and six themes from jackal bringing us into the one player playthrough of the game and as is always the case first up is the title screen i fired this baby up and i I just i sat there waiting to see what they're gonna throw at me and you get you know katami konami up top title treatment below one or two players select below that and that is also pro forma konami shit for the title screen so it, it never occurred to me basically how uniform all their early games were like the box, the instruction manual, the title screen, everything's the same, you know. Very standard. They gotta yeah. crank these bad boys out, man. They don't have time for any any deviations. Well then, you know, it's just brand brand recognition, awareness kind of stuff too. Very possibly deliberate, not just shortcuts, you know, because it's not like they're bad. Oh, for sure, man. I definitely knew like it was a Konami game, I was gonna probably play it and check it out, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. I was less so. We've talked about this before, but yeah, from from the marketers' perspective, the marketing team's perspective of these companies, I'm sure they saw that as a benefit, you know. And in hindsight, particularly now, like yeah, I mean, you know, it's it just it's it's such a distinct thing, you know. And I, I'm sure 
people who are more aware, self-aware <laughs> than I was as a child, probably very much, yeah, bought into it. So uh, it was silent. So that shit popped up there and it was silent long enough for me to think that they didn't have title screen music. And I was very saddened by that. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. There's no, but that was wrong. And then like, boom, bass drop, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is makes it even better. You know, so again, just hats off Konami. They do everything great. And it's short, but appropriately dramatic and a solid tune. I would come to find out that every track in this game is pretty fucking raw. So that was the first instance of that. And that song is accompanied by a slideshow that while very to the point, is well done. You get a, you get a full text blurb, scrolls uh, in from screen right, and I'll read that too, because it's also good, like all the copyright in this game. <laughs> Your brothers in arms are hostages behind enemy lines, and you're their only hope for freedom. But the firepower you'll face to rescue them is awesome. <laughs> rescue the POWs <laughs> in the buildings. You'll need a pocket full of miracles and the ferocity of a wild jackal, which we have heard before. They proceed to highlight the four soldiers, two to a screen, using digitized versions of the same art that's in the manual. So that's cool and fun. Get those guys' names so you know who you're controlling. And if you didn't read the instruction manual, like most kids probably didn't. And you, you, especially for a game like this, you, you hit start and are presented a map screen of sorts showing the six stage areas in succession on the left and yet another great text blur on the right. And do you remember what it is, Jay? I do not remember what is it, Josh. You read it in our play video, so I, I thought it was. I thought maybe it's stuck in your head. This battle will make your blood boil. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, again, the copywriting is so good in this game. Uh, so great. we are on to checkpoint alpha, and in checkpoint alpha, a helicopter drops you off on a sandy cliff overlooking the water. There's hot ass music ripping in right from the from the jump. So, um, yeah, you just like it's game time. Like they don't no get your feet wet stuff. It's just like music enemies charging you and go. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's, that's respect Konami. So I like it though. Yeah, You're like in it from the beginning. So, you know? Yeah. I absolutely love um, not holding my hand, even in these old, older games, especially like, I mean, when I mentioned Subnautica, like present day, it's a, just a rampant problem. I think that's the fucking stupid tutorial. Oh yeah. Forever that you have to go through. You're like, yeah. ah, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right, now I got to do this part. Okay, let's go through this. Yeah. Yeah, usually very poorly done in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I think right from the jump, it's obvious that this isn't your standard run-of-the-mill vertical shmup. We already talked about it, but your lateral movement range is more than one screen wide, and that is so not common in this type of game uh, in this era. So that is a very nice thing. And and, it, and it's like very disorienting at first, man. There was like, I, when I was playing through this by myself, I would forget for a second that I needed to go to the right and just look around like because i might miss some stuff there might right. be some dudes that need to be rescued so i was like oh man how wide is the screen yep. but it was co- cool at the same time for sure so your machine gun fire is always oriented up so like no, no matter like so you're moving your jeep around you have full 360 degree movement and you know it, it's kind of it's, it's very like you're the, the, the controls are very nimble uh to its credit so you have two fight you have two attacks basically one just this uh, machine gun fire that's kind of like a little pea shooter and that stuff is always oriented north you know t- towards 
top of screen, no matter what yeah. direction <laughs> your, your Jeep is facing. And then you have a secondary attack button that is a more powerful attack. Uh, you start off grenades is, is the first thing. And those fly in whatever direction your Jeep is facing when you push the button, thankfully. <laughs> and yeah, right. I mean, at first, like that, the machine gun thing is a little janky and it, it absolutely requires acclimation and can be frustrating. But my opinion would come to, ch- come to, to, to change uh, as we move through the game or as I move through the game. The very first little hut building, whatever you encounter, uh, can be grenaded, and out of it comes a prisoner. So, you know, teach me, sensei. <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's great game design. Show the player how shit works without having to explain it, like they're an imbecile, like we already just said. And uh, the prisoner, this prisoner is flashing, and you learn a little later on, or I did learn a little later on, that that meant that these were, like, upgrade prisoners. So you have, like, these buildings that will have just one prisoner in them, and they're flashing when they run out, and when you pick those dudes up, you get an upgrade to that secondary weapon. So the up- upgrade tree for that, there's, I guess, four steps, counting the first. There's the grenade. Then you get, uh, they turn into rockets that fire. Because, like, the grenades kind of have, like, that, like they, they're kind of slow and they lob up in the air. The one upside to that is they can go over stuff, which is kind of cool at times when you get you get to these parts where there are things kind of entrenched in these areas that, it's nice to be able to lob something up over and be able to hit them. Whereas the rockets all fly straight and you can't shoot through those embankments and stuff. So, but they don't go very far either though. The grenades. Yeah. The very short yeah. range too, for sure. So yeah, the, the rockets certainly go further and they're faster, which is nice. Uh, Cause you are, this game is, you know, it's a shmup. So you're how, how fast can I kill all this shit? That makes, that's the, safe, <laughs> that, that's the safest thing. Like the faster everything dies, the more safe I am. So you want fast, um, be able to crack ammunition off quickly. So yeah, you get those rockets first as the next step, and then the upgrade after that is it's the same rockets, but you get some shrapnel when they explode at the end of their flight trajectory. And this first, the, I guess it's the third step, the first step up from the rockets, the, the base rockets gives you shrapnel fi- firing out like in two directions, kind of, uh, what would you call that, perpendicular to the direction yeah. you're, you fired it and you're facing. And then the, the last step up is... The shrapnel fires in all four directions when it when it when it hits, which is it, it, it essentially gives you the ability to shoot around corners, kind of, because there is like a, a very defined limited range. It doesn't go the whole screen, so you, you you get the hang of how far these things go, and you can literally fire one, knowing where it's going to explode, and that the shrapnel is going to fly around a corner, you know, and kill right. something. <laughs> that, that, Love you know, it. Yeah, don't put yourself at risk. So yeah, the upgrade tree is huge and maintaining a upgraded rocket is a huge help in getting through this game. Oh man. And, uh, yeah, for sure. So when you blow up one of the buildings with normal prisoners, the word help flashes above the building to indicate you need to drive your ass up close to the building to pick them up. And multiple guys usually run out during which you have to wait. They're stationary until all are on board. So like, you know, this happens in real time. So there, if you don't kill everything around these buildings before you do it, you are being attacked while they're while you're picking these dudes up so that's you know and you can like you can drive away and like do some defense shit if you need to and go back and pick them up keep picking them up uh and though they do run out and i think do they run off coming out of the building or do they only do that when you get blown up i, I feel remember. i don't know if i've ever i don't know if we've ever let them wait that long to find out <laughs> I mean, definitely if you die, like, yeah, Good, very, sure they very, off, very like... responsible prisoner management of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, so so they come run out and like it, the first one that comes out and this is such a cool little touch. I think the first one that comes out of the building stops and doesn't get in the Jeep and he waves 
Like he, he swings his arm, kind of waving the other prisoners out to run onto the Jeep. And they all come yeah. out one by one. And then once the last one other than him gets in the Jeep, he then runs up and jumps in, which is such a cool little touch, you know, that it's right. like the, the ringleader that's getting them, getting the safety is so cool. Get in there, Captain. Right. I'm going down with the ship. Yeah. Got to make my men safe first. Yep. And uh, just a, a, a thing I thought about watching this is like this, these fucking Jeeps must have like a magical cargo bay to them to hold all the dudes that they can hold. Cause there are times, you know, especially in those early stages where you're not getting fragged constantly, where you're picking up, you know, 15 dudes before you get to the helipad to drop them off. So, like, oh, they're totally magical clown car Jeeps for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. There's no other way. Right. Uh, so from there you get you get after you get the kind of learn the prisoner system right there at the beginning there's some you blow up some gates and some bridge crossing and and what have you figuring out the kind of obstacles you got to encounter the, there's some rivers with gunboats in them and your machine gun fortunately she's like so they're you know you obviously theoretically up above these rivers as you go over bridges and stuff and you don't need there's no there's no uh, vertical management of your bullets like when you shoot at the rivers the bullets just go down which is nice thankfully <laughs> you, you don't have to fucking deal with that level of direction control and the game is a one-hit death situation and when you get hit the deep the jeep explodes and the prisoners that you have picked up kind of scatter <laughs> in all directions and that's what we were just talking about with the picking them up initially like yeah when you die your jeep blows up and then the prisoners at least I guess some of them don't, don't die. Like, I think it's only three that will run out. And if you have more than that, then those are supposedly die, dead, you know, because yeah. you respawn and you can pick the dudes up that ran out, but it's only three of them as opposed to however many you might have picked up, you know. I was wondering what that was because I never paid attention, you know, because just in the action, like I didn't do the math to see how many, but I never knew that. I just knew that, okay, I get some of them back, but clearly not everybody. Some of yeah. them just go down with the car. So yeah, one hit death shit usually sucks. I think, but like the, this game is it's balanced well in this in this respect, and and all the projectiles the enemies shoot, especially here in this first stage where you're getting your feet when you're, you're kind of figuring things out. The like the, the the projectiles move slow enough that you can, with the agility of of the vehicle, be able to move and out outmaneuver things, and that's really cool. Like the, the the main the main danger early on is just environmental hazards, and you get yourself stuck on something sometimes, and. Mm -hmm that is usually how you get hit, you know, and that as opposed to just not being able to get out of the way of something. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's so, such a bummer when you get hit and like your dude scatters. It's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it is so great. Like, you know, we're, we're getting up to it here, but it, like the, the way this works is, you know, you drop these guys off and it is such a satisfying thing. Uh, it's everything down to like the sound effects they use and just the way it's play, the way it's done presented uh so satisfying to have as many dudes as possible make it onto that chopper and escape safely you know so like yeah when oh, you yeah. get bragged and you lose some of those dudes it is a huge bummer yeah, yeah. Sure. so yeah so you die when you when you do die rather a beat passes before you respawn and then yeah you got to buzz around and pick those dudes back up and uh from there in the stage here you so it's First stage is not terribly complicated, and you you you'll learn like you you're, you're kind of going. All these have this format to them. And you're, you're going through the stage, and then you'll get a like kind of a flyover of this white chopper, 
and that you know, surprisingly you can see him despite him being a stealth chopper but <laughs> you know, right <laughs> yeah, but, he, but he flies overhead and you uh like buzzes by and then not long after that you usually encounter a helipad where it this chopper that you saw fly over has parked and it's interesting that the enemy has all these helipads set up for your use <laughs> uh, right. but nonetheless they are there and so the, the your chopper lands you got to drive up to these things ideally kill all the riffraff that's presenting danger around it and then offload all your onboard pow's to the chopper and they run out one by one just like they do when you pick them up and like if you don't kill all the things beforehand it's kind of the same situation where like you're shit's flying at you and you can absolutely die while you're dropping these dudes off so it's in your best interest to kind of clear out the screen and get everyone dead before you do your little prison prisoner transfer you know absolutely yeah so after they get all onto the chopper and both jeeps have to do it too if you're playing co-op which is cool it's not just like i don't know you know sometimes you get kind of corner cutting with this sort of thing where like it would just be an automated thing it's not it's like it's 100 real time and you have to actively get all of them off your jeep to proceed if you want them all to be saved you know so it's just also a nice touch and after you get them all off the chopper flies up and out of dodge and immediately thereafter is a boss battle your first boss battle and this one is a bunch of blue tanks that save for their coloring look like the other tanks you've encountered up to this point in the stage and uh you will if you engage them anyhow <laughs> ascertain this coloring represents uh that it'll require two hits to kill them so they they're blue to begin or to, to begin with you hit them once they turn red and then after that they explode as normal on the second hit so there's maybe i don't know there was like a half dozen then maybe six possibly yeah and that was pretty much it i was surprised i was like oh that's the boss all yeah. right gotcha yeah exactly yeah yeah if you're not if it didn't make that noise that really alarming noise that you get at the boss battles <laughs> and also change music tunes like it has you know the, the the first track was the boss battle tune uh the music completely changes as it should for a boss battle but not every game takes that level of care so right. yeah if, if it weren't for those cues you might not even know that you got to a boss in this case because they are just tanks like the other ones but yeah, easy peasy. Uh, I did die though and lose my big swinging dick missiles here. I was very sorry. Oh man, so did I. And I, I was so frustrated. And now at this point, I was like, you know what? I'm not even using the freaking pea shooter type. I'm just using the missiles at this point. Like, yeah, missiles only. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, as as far as kind of what the sweet spot is for you know optimal killing performance in this game. Is, <laughs> is, yeah, it's you kind of like when you see nothing. I'm kind of just, I was kind of just laying down blanket fire of the machine gun because it's fast and you don't really have uh, to worry about where it's going because it goes wherever it goes up, no matter what. Uh, whereas, yeah, anytime you're trying to do any like targeted killing, you're using the secondary weapon for sure, you know? I was laying Sorry. that down primarily. I'm just going to throw this out there. It's yeah. going to blow up a lot of stuff. Well, once I got like the multi direction, oh, I'm yeah. just throwing it ahead of me, like True, whatever's yeah. ahead of me. You're getting fragged. Once you have the max <laughs> missile, yes, you can. You kind of, but that's the thing, though. It kind of it can fire just the same way. When you have the grenade, it's like it's not nearly as effective to do that. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I guess that's worth saying too. Like there is no economy to the ammunition at all. It's it's you have unlimited ammunition for both weapons, so you don't have to worry at all about conserving anything. You can just spray the shit out there. You know. Which was nice. You know. Which is nice. Yeah, it, it would have been this. You know, 
you can say it, add, it of course adds challenge and you got to kind of you, you not just do that and, and pay attention to what you're doing, which is much more realistic. But for a game like this, we're not going for realism. We're going for fun. And it's certainly right. more fun to not deal with ammunition. Like, counts. <laughs> y'all heard the copy. Y'all heard the text. Y'all know how they talk. Like, it's yeah. purely fun. <laughs> My blood's boiling. I don't have time to count bullets. <laughs> so it cuts from after you beat the boss it cuts to a static but cinematic looking letterboxed cutscene image a a guy hopping into at least what i got here initially a, a guy hopping into a jeep with a speech bubble that says here and i could not parse what was being conveyed by that like what right i yeah. said the same thing i was like what does this mean like yeah <laughs> the location of the next pow can like, I, mean, like, I, I mean i guess I guess maybe it's it's just showing maybe that's not the boss that it's showing. It's depicting when you're picking the prisoners up, perhaps. And that makes sense, I guess. But you you know what? This may be an appropriate time to bring in the fact that I'm pretty sure I read that the arcade version of this, like the original version, is just one long level. There's no breaking up, there's no bosses. So maybe, you know, since they made since they broke it up in stages for the NES release, they just threw some stuff in there and thought this was just like a fun cutscene to kind of just move things along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know how much like, thought was put into that. Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. The, 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 it's always, as we already touched on, it's always the possibility that it's just laziness can be the answer with these games, uh, these older games. <laughs> Hopefully that's not it, though. Then Hopefully they had some intent and we just can't figure it out because we're not smart enough. Then... Uh, <laughs> If you wrote this game, if you distribute this game, let us know. I would love to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. this if you're the probably like 60-year-old Japanese guy that designed this game. <laughs> uh, the, then to the map screen from there where they tally the prisoners saved, they award bonus points for them, and then they show your progression to the next checkpoint on the little map thing that's on the left-hand side there. So that's kind of, that becomes you learn the stock protocol for each level, level to level. I like that, though. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even notice that was the case when we did our playthrough. I didn't even notice that that was like the map showing us our progression. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of maps. Show me what the fuck's. I want to know the macro. I'm not. I'm not just a worker bee. I need to fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to know what, I need to know what the whole operations plan is for me to be successful. <sighs> From there, it is on to checkpoint Baker, and the landscape here has what appears to be dilapidated ancient roman architecture peppered all over and that got me <laughs> questioning where in the fuck is there ancient roman architecture near the border of cambodia and or vietnam where you're told this game takes place in the in the setup <laughs> right i was wondering the same thing i was like wait a minute did i miss maybe i missed something interesting in the storyline i'm just assuming i missed something like i thought it was me <laughs> no it's, it says that's where you're at and i googled my ass off for traces of anything in the vicinity of such no dice so Developers taking liberties here with the with the setting. I love the stage theme tunes here. I noticed here that they do you a kindness the developers do of putting the lone power-up prisoners in distinctly different buildings than the normal pow groups so you know i didn't right. clock i didn't clock it at first but you can tell 
what the power-ups are. So, yeah, you can kind of, like, especially, it's particularly relevant in the co-op situation where you can be like, oh, that's yours, bro. Go deal with that, you know? Exactly. I actually noticed that and did that when I played with Zion. She wanted to play. And it was like, oh, that one's yours. You got that. So, sure, totally helpful. So that's a nice touch. And only the second time it's happening, but I found that the rescue heli flyby midway through the stage to be so comforting. <laughs> like, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if it made me feel supported or just knowing that maybe I was nearing the end slash boss battle. But uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yes. Great. <laughs> helps, on the, helps on the way, bro. Because you don't want to let them, you don't let the prisoners down. You know, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to die. <laughs> sure. They introduced planes dropping bombs on you not long after seeing that, which is not as comforting. That was stressful. Yeah, those are one of the more difficult enemies. They're like these red kind of, I guess they're fighter jets, and they have, I don't know what those are called, the the bombs that are like, they look kind of like bowling pins, you know? They have like, you know, and they fly. Round on one end. Right. So they drop a bunch of those on you, and those are kind of tough to deal with because they're a little bit hard to figure out the trajectory of necessarily, and also the jets are fast as fuck, so... Those are tough when you bump into them, mm-hmm. and uh, I begin to really appreciate the fact, this is around, yeah, when I really started to like that the machine gun always fired up here and allowed you kind of that thing we talked about where you're just laying down the blanket fire with it, and you don't have to deal with thinking about, it would have been so redundant, basically, to have to have both work that way, you know? Gotcha, in this situation, yep, I can totally see that. So, this is yeah. when that little nugget dawned on me, and the... As far as the environmental stuff goes here, the Roman pillars that are everywhere uh, towards, you know, maybe the back half of the stage start breaking off and rolling at you, and they explode when they, after a little bit of rolling, so that's an environmental hazard that you definitely get sprung on you kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And especially when they blow up, it's like, oh yeah, fuck. Uh, yeah, that happens right around the rescue chopper. Jay, give me your best Arnold Schwarzenegger, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper! Yeah. Ow! Yeah. Great, great. Oh, Certainly. I wonder if there's any 80s kid who, when they see the word chopper, doesn't think of that. <laughs> How can you not? We've been conditioned. Like, that's right? just, yeah. he will forever be known as the chopper. All right. <laughs> Get to the chopper. So, not long after that, as the game establishes as the flowchart, is the boss battle. And this one is four stationary stone heads. They're right in a line next to each other. And they're all firing homing missiles at a rather constant clip. And. Homing missiles are one of the like real bitches in this game. They are like very thankfully they have kind of they can't move in a tight circle. So you you know, they're not if they if they were any if they moved in any tighter of a circle when they're trying to turn, they would be they you wouldn't be able to deal with them. <laughs> right? So like yeah, they move in a circle that's enough of a wide arc that you can you can calculate it and kind of position yourself in a way to stay out of their way, but uh that you know, they with four heads shooting them at you, it's very hard to deal with. <laughs> and oh, later in the game, you get these coming out of things that aren't bosses, you know, and those are happening in environments where there's already a bunch of shit going on otherwise. And like that, they're, they're really tough in those cases. So definitely a pain in the ass for yeah. sure. <laughs> the, the homie missiles are a biatch. Uh, but once you, the, uh, the once you, you know, like they are right in the line, and once you knock off one, and then particularly two of them, this becomes much easier because there's just fewer projectiles flying around. So, the I lost all five of the lives. I did have stockpiled up, but I got these fuckers on the last one, so I still haven't. <laughs> nice. And, yeah, I died several times. <laughs> several. And I got the same cutscene here, the here cutscene. So, the plot thickens as far as that goes. That's the same thing in this case. 
And then we are moving on to Checkpoint Charlie. First thing you see here is the military base that you're trying to infiltrate's bike rack out front. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I'm glad that they're CO2 emissions minded about their commute to work here in the case of this uh, <laughs> fucking whatever these are, mercenaries or whatever, whatever this outfit is. I don't know if it's a, what did they say it was? It was like a, a Contra type group or I don't, yeah. whatever, whatever Extra it is. Extra governmental, yeah, you know, outside the law. Yeah, yeah crazy, outside the law. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever they are, they're at least CO two emission eco footprint minded. So, <laughs> I learned here that you can't frag the POWs with friendly fire. Thank baby Jesus, which is nice. That is nice. Yeah, when those fuckers, when they, I don't think we mentioned it. When they, when, when you die and they scatter out of the jeep, they just like they go willy nilly. They just go wherever they want. And they run all over the place. So, the uh think if they could die there's no chance they would survive that behavior <laughs> oh man i love any kind of game like any kind of game back in the day that we played where you could not have any kind of friendly fire i was all about that like it just made it unnecessary whether it was like npc friendly fire or like couch co-op friendly fire i just if it's eliminated i'm happy you know yeah the uh i think that was actually like a game mode on your on your favorite well, mini games on double yeah. dragon that was like one of the options oh for sure yeah, oh, double, yeah. Dra double dragon is notorious for that if you play it the standard way knocking the shit out of each other it also this is also the first time it occurred to me to use the obstacles as cover to lob grenades at fuckers so like you can get behind something and mm. with, the, with the way the grenade grenade trajectory worked like i said you could get over things so you could sit behind things safely and just frag shit with the grenades which is really cool so this level is, is in particular is, is a, rather relative to the first two is a lot more densely designed. So it played into, you know, most strategically navigating this bitch. Uh, yeah, you had those options. I mean, you're, yep. yeah. <laughs> so say, some of these obstacles in this case are like these stationary unmanned Jeeps that you can blow up and have power-ups in them. So that's a fun little quasi-secret thing that you, you can bump into here in this level. And the you get your first encounter with the attack subs when you hit the water part of the stage, and those missiles come in fucking. I think they might be homing even. Those missiles come in fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, so stressful. Yeah. So that, those those are intense enemies for sure. It is cool though that when they they like you know they're they're subs. So as you would imagine, they can drop below the water, and you can see their silhouette still beneath the water, their shadow. So you can you can track them as they're underneath, which is a nice touch. Kind of you don't have to for a submarine. That's kind of the whole point of it is that that's a covert way to maneuver beneath the, beneath the waves. I guess in these these would be in this case it's like a short like a very shallow uh, port of some kind though, so perhaps that wouldn't work. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the physics of that exactly. How deep you got <laughs> wouldn't be visible. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so said water parts put you on a like this. It's like a two lane bridge <clears throat> that spans over the water here. And it makes for a serious bottleneck situation. Like when we were playing the co-op, I know it was a problem. And I was, I was, I was telling you, I was like, just dude, you got to just go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you hang out in these bridges, like there's not enough. Because like I already mentioned, the, the whole your 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 primary mode of defense in this game is to nimbly dance around the shit flying at you, you know, because you have such great agility. But if you're put in this constrained space on these on these jeeps. You are on these bridges, rather, you don't have that at all. So, you know, and, and they do, they set these bridges up specifically with that in mind. And there's just like a slew of shit that comes at you when you're on them. So if you don't just oh, pass the other side, you can really get yourself into a pickle easily. And again, yeah, so many deaths there. Because yeah. I would still be like, no, but I should take stuff out though. Like, I don't want to just go. And I would hear you in my ear, like, just go. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then I would go, and I would make it, but it would still be stressful every time. Whatever, whatever the guy's name is, Lieutenant Bob in your ear. So that section is followed by a twisty, turny passageway sequence where we had serious trouble doing the two-player thing. Where you have to time up. It's like these laser beams that intermittently. Oh, the freaking laser beams! Switch on and off, and you got to like time yourself and like wait. Goes away and then dash through to the next one, and there's a bunch of them in an order, you know. There's also I got it after a while, man. At first, it seemed like they were just going all the time, so I was like, ah, oh man, ah, just death. If you, if you pay attention, it's not terribly hard. Yeah. But, yeah I, made, I mean, the first time I encountered them, I was able to make it. That's why when we were playing the co-op, I was like, yeah, there, maybe there was lag because I when I we were, you know, the first time I did it playing one player, I had no problem with it. Uh, oh. you know, that's like like one of the, I don't know. You know, there's like a a handful of stock Nintendo difficulty mechanics, and that's one of them. The, the thing where you have to nudge yourself up right to the, like, fucking just... As close to <laughs> right it, up you, on the edge. Yeah, yeah. As close as you could possibly get to it, and then it goes off and go. And then, yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that's, that's a very common difficulty thing that Nintendo games impose on you. Yeah, we definitely chalked out up to lag because after that, I was like, oh, okay, I can see the pattern clearly. I got this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right after that, I made it through that uh, unscathed, and the helipad, the POW, POW pickup helipad, is right after that. And it's it's such a, yeah, it's such a, satisfying reprieve from the action hitting this thing you know like you're watching those little dudes i already mentioned it scamp around to the thing and they the the point tally chirps up as you go you know it's uh (laughs) yeah beautiful thing give me another get to the chopper get to the chopper (laughs) (laughs) so uh, boss battle comes next and the you get a full-on warship is the boss here and it remains stationary, though, thankfully. So you basically have the stationary ship, and there are six guns that you have to frag on its deck. So you get one on the stern, one in the bow, two each on both the port and starboard sides. Do you know what the fuck all those words mean? Look, at I was just about to say, man, I'm impressed <laughs> that you know I've been on many boats since moving to Seattle. It's actually one of my favorite activities, and I still don't know all the names of those. I forget. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I had to Google it. I was. This is oh, okay. That's going to say, man. These are notes I'm looking at here, Jay. I'm not. Fucking, <laughs> I'm not doing all this for memory. Uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have to Google it every time. Basically, my I have a Navy buddy, uh, close friend of mine from high school, Andy, that will probably be so disappointed in me if and when he hears this that that I can't commit this to memory because it's probably like the first thing they teach you in the Navy. But <laughs> uh, I I know like I for Subnautica I, constantly I needed to know that because there's all this you know dealing with the the huge ship that you that that crashed you know there's like all these references to aft and port mm. blah, 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 blah. so every time i would have to google it i was just like god damn it why can't i it's only four things yeah bow is the front stern is the back and if you're looking at the bow port is left starboard is right so like we're still not gonna remember i know but just to say it <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to remember starboard because like when i was an actor like i remember one of the plays that was in there. So I would remember like left to right. And then when we moved out here, it'll be on boats. I would ask that question and be like, all right, which way is starboard? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now we've been stuck inside when I would normally have probably been on a boat. And so I've forgotten again. So <laughs> here's my yearly reminder. So anyhow, the guns all pop up uh, out from like a, like protective encasements below deck when they come up and shoot for a few seconds or a second or two and then pop down back below where they're safe. So uh, it's all about kind of timing up your approach. First of all, they're all shooting these spread things. So, you know, with all six firing at different times, there's like 
again, kind of early on until you kill a few of them. There's like, it's pretty difficult to navigate at all because there's constant fire going everywhere. But it's all about timing up when up when to run up and shoot the thing a few times and then run away before the bullets get you and just doing that. Um, not not terribly tough, really, um, especially again, once you get a few of them knocked off, becomes much easier. Uh, I had a I had a badass missile power up when I got here, so I was able to just kind of hang I was it, it, with the shrapnel at the end. I was kind of able to hang further out of out of its reach than it could really get. Uh, at least with any with, with any overlap, where that's really good. That's where it really fucks you is when you have the overlap of the bolts. So I was able to hang back and just fuck it up from from a distance, and it was pretty simple. So nice. I did that when I die. Yeah, in particular when I died here, actually, because I was using that convenience uh, when I died and had to go back to the grenades. At one point, I was super bummed out. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Anytime you die, it's back to the grenade. It's like ah, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I got the same cutscene after that one here. So, again, same cutscene every level in my mind at this point. And mm. after that comes Checkpoint Delta, Stage 4. And this is a jungle marsh with some, what I interpreted to be bog terrain that drastically inhibits your mobility. So that sucks a lot because, again, your primary mode of defense is mobility. So, mm. you know, you, you using the Madden juke stick moves is kind of how you stay out of the way of shit. And, uh, <laughs> you don't have that option in the bog it makes things much harder and they also drop homie missiles coming out of the bogs here and as i already mentioned also those are a real bitch there's also landmines hidden so there's there's a lot of like environmental stuff here that aren't necessarily the, the soldiers you've been encountering that are, are more of the problem here because they take your mobility away you know okay. so varying the difficulty that's good good game design and the, the mines you, as far as the mines go you thankfully can like you, you know you can't see them normally but if you get near them you detect them so it's not a totally hidden thing and they're not always visible so it, it does kind of an intermediary thing that but what it, what it really does is it inhibits your ability even in your when you're in a place that's not slowed down by the bog shit you can't just tear ass because there might be a mine. You kind of got to inch through right. <laughs> slowly and, and detect the mines and then navigate through them. And that certainly is more difficult when there's a million fucking things being shot at you. So, <laughs> Yeah, I like it, though, because it varies the gameplay so that you can't just have that one. Like, you know how you play Doom Eternal? Like, yeah. you play that game, you just got to go. Like, you go, go, go. No, faster than you think you need to go, you need to just be going at all times. Yep. This game, no, you got to vary. Like, I like yep. that. For sure. And the it's relatively short level, seemingly. They you, you get a they do drop in a pretty cool. There's like a uh, I call it like a, a train of death that does a drive by on you at one point as you're like kind of uh, veering left to get towards the boss after the hilly pad shit. I, I believe it is the uh, there's like a, some train tracks that seem to be just bullshit environmental stuff, and then all of a sudden the train comes cruising by <laughs> that, that, that shoots at you and has guns on it which is i don't know i've never seen an attack train before <laughs> this is next level covert shit you don't even know yeah, yeah that's a very um i don't know I mean, you got to think that like you know it wasn't probably wasn't manufactured as an attack train they probably had a train that they had to mod a little bit <laughs> like some very he heavy ingenuity by this particular contra outfit i think I was about to say, yeah, maybe in 1988-ish, this was considered the next level of science. Like, <laughs> next level of military. That's where they thought we were going. Yeah, attack trains. Sure, maybe. <laughs> it's tough to find that kind of information out on the internet these days. Uh, <laughs> boss battle was an attack chopper that's about, it's about four times the size of your stealth rescue chopper. Looks kind of similar, though. And 
you're in this kind of like it, you kind of dead end to this little cliff area and the chopper flies in straight down from the top off off screen up top and kind of flies down in a, in a straight line stops lays down some waves of, of machine gun fire and then drops three paratroopers and then flies back out and it and basically rinses rinse and repeats so the, the soldiers that drops are grunt soldiers so they obviously shoot you a little bit when they get dropped on or dropped down and um, of course the choppers trying to pepper your ass as well so it's honestly for it's not terribly difficult. I thought it was pretty easy, to be honest with you. <laughs> like learning to just drive over those soldiers, and then really you're only dealing with the copper, the chopper, copper, chopper. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck those soldiers. They're done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I died. This was as far as I made it one player wise. I was like, ah, all right. Really? Well, time just because of time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you ran out of continues, or you stopped? No, I died here. And then it was like, all right, I got to do other shit, like, for the kids, pretty much. The standard thing. <laughs> yeah, I had the I, – I fucking definitely died. The missiles make this way easier, too, because you don't need to really engage the chopper at all if you have the missiles. But, um, yeah. yeah, maybe five of those attack cycles, I was able to do it, uh, kill the guy. So nice. uh, I got a different cutscene after, after this one. Oh, what? Yeah. So the jeep. So this the different cutscene was the jeep with the gunner yelling "Yeah!" at the sky. So, yeah. I mean, like I didn't know. Like I, I was like I was so perplexed. I was like I didn't. I mean, you know. I guess it, was, it, it it kind of like because it was the fourth stage. So like kind of the midway point. Basically, I was like maybe it's just a midway point thing. But that seemed weird that you get the same thing for three times and then now I don't know. It just did. That was the only possibility I could come up with, but it didn't seem like a good explanation. <laughs> hmm. Well, you said you had the missiles this time, right? So if you had the missiles, I would say you probably kicked ass this time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I had the missiles for other ones too. I mean, you know, getting to the fourth level is not terribly hard so, of, the, of the upgrade tree. So yeah, I mean, I certainly had the, the, the missiles before that. That wasn't it. I, my guess is we would come to, you know, we would talk, talk it out after the fact, after the co-op play and stuff, and we were able to... <laughs> the way the way we did the co-op play, we you know we didn't make it the first time. The second time, we used some game genie key, cheat codes that allow us to kind of just barrel through the game, and then that of course led to beating levels quickly. And then every level we got that yeah one. Yeah, so, the truth. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's almost certainly a time-based thing that's performance-based. You know, like how fast if you if you hit a certain time threshold, you get the good outcome. Yeah, you get the rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. So then we are on to Checkpoint Tango, stage five. And this, uh, you start next to a power up POW building. And that, to me, was not a good sign for the developer's outlook on your chances and the level to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's some power. You yeah, here's, here's, a little, here's a little boost, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so this environment comes off to me as a jungle military compound of sorts. And uh, they really throw a fuck you in here early on. So uh, as to be expected based on that first little thing, they, they, they follow in kind and you get a building and that we had this happen to us in the co-op, even after it happened to me in the one player, it's, I still did it. So you get that building that looks like a power up building. And when you got to like kind of, it, it's put in a place where you got to backtrack to. So you don't, you inherently do not have a lot of space beneath it to, maneuver you know so and you're always inclined because when you blow up those buildings 
no matter what where you shoot it from, the hole that the the POW runs out of is on the bottom. So you're you're always you've been trained, conditioned, if you will, to this point to just go to that part of the building even before you blow it up. So you're waiting there when the dude comes out. <laughs> and in this case, you got to backtrack to that building and then you go to that spot and you blow it up and a fucking tank rolls out and just blows you up. <laughs> so like it's the only time in the game that happens that I that I at least encountered. So it's such a I don't know, you know, you just don't get these games are mostly pattern movement. You just don't get that kind of like wild uh, statistical outlier, <laughs> you know. Oh man. So yeah, it definitely killed me, and that's a bitch. But the are all, they're also landmines that were in this level, and that sucks because we got to go through slowly again, as I said. And you pass over some stone bridges that are patrolled heavily by a range of enemies, and you kind of get bottlenecked by those too. There's they have what do you call that barricades at the end of the bridges, so you can't just tear ass through them. Really, you kind of got to deal with stuff before you go, and that sucks because you're bottlenecked. So. Those are tough st- stretches, and after your ch- your chopper flyby, uh, I started seeing tanks that shot what looked to me like lasers, like the laser projectiles in Contra, and that was new. Uh, I hadn't seen that prior to this point, so those are tough. Yeah, and we all that also happened to us, and we you know we'll talk about that when we get to the two player. But you know, there were enemies in the two player that I don't remember seeing either. So I don't know. Maybe there's a just a general. Especially if you don't remember seeing laser tanks, like maybe there's like a little bit of a random nature to the enemies you can encounter, and that's cool. That's not just the exact thing every time. Add some replay value, and you get a crazy tough run leading up to the prisoner extraction point. So there's another bridge, and it, they have these guns at the end of them that shoot these cannonball-sized things at a crazy-ass rate in spread fashion. So, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that was... I, I died a shit ton of times there, because, yeah, it's, if, if you don't, like... you and, and, you know, you've already been trained earlier in the level with these bridges that you're going to have to deal with obstacles at the end of them, so you don't just tear ass into them, but if you don't tear ass through this one, you're fucked. Like, there's just no way you can outmaneuver <laughs> You just don't run straight past it right into... Uh, what do you call that? The hell, like, what do they call that? The devil's throat, or like, whatever you run right into, <laughs> no, like, run right into the shit, basically, uh, into right. hellfire. You, you, you are gonna get fragged for sure. So, uh, man, that's tough. And yeah, the and, and this one, usually you can clear out the helipad areas and and make them safe before you start doing that little process. But in this one, even after you do that, they still send in jet, jets throwing those bombs down. So. You, you can't really get a clean pocket, basically. <laughs> you gotta you gotta fire under duress. You gotta play quarterback under duress in this case, and and that's a new stimuli here too. Or yeah, they turned day. it up. They yep. didn't just reskin the level. And, yep. You know, <laughs> they amped it up for sure. Which is good, and that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. So after that boss battle, as always, and it's an environmental boss. There's there's like no big swinging dick sprite to focus on. And that's kind of a different thing, too. You usually have some primary sprite with, with any boss in any game, but this one also. And it's basically, it's it's five gun turrets placed on up on a wall with, uh, or maybe no, six, five? I think it is just five. So five gun turrets placed up on a wall, and then there's a gate in the middle of the wall protected by some kind of electrical force field, so you can't blow it up and go through it. And there are also, below the guns, there are two garage doors on each side of the gate, and they must lead these garage doors must lead to the biggest underground tank parking garage ever <laughs> right yeah like... yeah as tanks just endlessly spill out of them nonstop uh until you like i couldn't figure this out i mean i told you when we were doing our co-op 
uh, you were you were fortunate. Enough. Oh, you didn't get to this, so never mind. But yeah, if, if you had like getting to this is like uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I like dealt with the tanks. You keep blowing them up, and like I was able. Yeah, I assumed killing the guns, sure. So I killed the guns. But once I killed the guns, the tanks just kept coming, and I was like, "What the fuck, man?" And I didn't notice. <laughs> just above the garage doors are these little flashing yellow and red lights, and basically you got to blow those up, and you can only do that when the, when the doors open. So you kind of got to go up there, and you got to hit it right when the door opens before a tank comes out and rolls over your ass, you know, so rather tricky, particularly if you don't know what you're doing. So that was uh, a somewhat difficult boss in that. I just didn't know what to do as opposed to the actual mechanical difficulty of it, you know? Nice. And uh, yeah, eventually figured it out though. And crush those fuckers. Same cutscene as the last level. So I must've done that one fast too, even though I didn't know how to beat the boss. So I don't know. I must've really, I must've really tore ass through the level to, take forever on the boss and still if that is the thing that triggers it get the get the good ending yeah and your final whatever the hell they said your final the final level was what they say it was the, the final showdown or some shit they called it in the instruction manual checkpoint zulu is last <laughs> and it is it's a more like kind of an urban looking military compound and uh maybe it's an actual city even i don't know but they Threw in a flyby appearance for the stealth chopper very early on, so I, w- I was curious what that ended up, what that would mean. Like there was just no way to me that that would like the prisoners were would be right away. But I think they actually were not too far after. I didn't, I didn't make a note of it, but it was interesting. Yeah, they very... dropped like they dropped like right after, I think. So lots of environmental obstacles in this level: conveyor belt, escalator deals that slow your mobility, some dead ends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they drop a lot of environmental stuff on you. And there's a homing missile conveyor belt area with six turret guns on each side of the conveyor. So it's like this this bottleneck area. And this is actually where the homing missile bays were too. That I didn't know I could blow up at first. So this area was a bitch. I had a terrible, terrible time. <laughs> but so yeah, it, like you get into this area, and then there's all these fucking guns that kind of bottleneck. You got to inch but inch through and kill those while the homing missiles are flying out of the ground and eventually i learned that you can blow those up by by shooting the bays that they come out of when they open up um but you gotta get through these with the homing missiles flying a and a million fucking bullets and then you get to a place where like this very thin conveyor belt goes and on each side of the conveyor belt is like four i think it's, it's either three or four on each side guns lining the little hallway that you gotta get through that is also a conveyor belt so it's just it's basically like you got to do that thing where you, we talked about where you got to run up and like fire a thing off diagonally in like mm-hmm. a nanosecond of driving that direction to hit the thing before a bullet gets there and you got to turn around and run away before you know it stops <laughs> basically so doing that on a conveyor belt for four guns on each side took a while to say the least <laughs> so that battle was- tested of when you get through that though man yep. Golly. final boss battle uh, so yeah, so the final boss battle is, uh, it's pretty epic. They did, they did a good job of making an epic boss battle here. It's, it's two, like, you know, you initially encounter and you get these, it's kind of this, uh, almost very similar to that wall boss for the fifth stage. And it's two high octane laser turrets next to a little building that has those windows with the flashing lights in them. So you, you're kind of keyed up to know that. That means you gotta you gotta shoot those, but you can't do that until you kill the lasers, lasers, of course, because they're fucking peppering your ass. So you kill the two lasers, you shoot that thing. There's a bunch of tanks and grunts running up, running up from the bottom of the screen too to make it a little more difficult, but not terribly unmanageable. So you know, the first time I encounter this thing, I get there, I do that, I'm like, the building blows up, and I'm like, all right, let's fucking dynamite, game roll, moving on in life. 
Uh, and then in where that building is, a big ass tank appears. <laughs> and <just> start, <laughs> with the, it's got like it's just a, a massive sprite, and it has this like you know, it's it's kind of that same laser blast look to it, but it's way faster. It's way faster and way wider. And the way yeah. that the tank moves in on a horizontal, like a, a single horizontal plane back and forth, but it will definitely like juke you out. It will like go and then move back. And like, you know, it, it doesn't, it is not, I was never able to determine even all the time that it took me, dude, I played, I had so many runs against this dude and I never was able to ascertain that there was any level of like predictability. <laughs> no, no pattern following here. Yeah. Which is, you know, this is not, these games are all about figuring out the pattern of the boss. That's how you beat it. Like this is just a war of attrition for sure. You know? And uh, <laughs> yeah, so much swearing in my laptop, man. So much <laughs> on my laptop. I love that flame though. That's definitely a la contra, like that big, huge flame beam. Yep, yep. And it's uh, it's also it's also got a little gun turret on it too. To as like such a pain in the ass. Yeah, ancillary blanket fire. So yeah, it's not easy at all. I think you're you're you are also getting tanks. I'm pretty sure coming up from the bottom of the screen. So it's, yeah, it's 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 a it's a deal for sure. And. Yeah, I mean the the, you know, the progression of it is, I mean, I played so many times before I even learned this. But the progression of it is, it like after you hit it enough times, however many it was, I have no idea. It turns red, uh, a little bit, kind of like maybe even almost a pink. You'd call that first step, and then mm. later on, I would learn it turns red again. You know, uh, uh, like another level of of damageness, and then I think after that it dies. But I mean, yeah, it, I, I played it so many times before even getting that first damage indication so i wouldn't even know if i was doing damage to it you know and that's such a <laughs> right that's such a just a tiring thing to not even know if you've figured out that all this time you've spent has is at all being effective you know so like am i even doing it right and that's such a bitch with a nintendo game you just there's just no way to know if you don't know oh, <laughs> so, oh man yeah In, any kind of any kind of later game where they have damage indicators on the boss is like yes that's please yeah. give me that it's more, you know, it's, and like I, I am always bitching about realism and like you know not being coddled and like there's a certain level of like, yeah, that's how it would be if you were battling something. You don't get a power meter, dude. Like, <laughs> unless, it's sure, show, yeah. unless it's showing physical signs of damage, you're not gonna. It doesn't, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but here, still. yeah, but here it was super tiring for sure. See, I, I had I had to walk away and had breakfast to cool down uh, <laughs> when I was the first time because I. Didn't know I was getting it. And yeah, I mean, and like, you know, after all that time and I got that first indication of it being damaged, I'm like, oh, fuck, it must be close. And I like, it, it killed me right after that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you thought you were just, yeah, yeah <laughs> right was, at the end. Yeah, that was the camel. Straw that brought the camels back for sure. So came back to it, had a, bu had a bunch of the same too. I mean, between the two try sessions, dude, no joke. I went through my two remaining lives. Uh, like so I had to say, I was safe stating. So I had two saves, two lives at the safe state that I that I made when I first got to this dude. I went through that safe scum load cycle maybe 35, 40 times, dude. Not an exaggeration. Whoa, see, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm a stubborn I'm I, I'm a stubborn prick. Uh, so yeah, towards the end of that death run, I I I, I realized that I could cheese the prick if I just saddled up against that far right wall uh, in in the area. And oh. so if if you have the missiles. Again, you can kind of stay out of range because that the, the little the little gun it has doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the screen. So you can stay far enough back with the missiles to be out of that range. And then if you're all the way up against the wall, 
the big laser gun thing doesn't can't get that far over. So you're basically invincible. And mm. I, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I didn't feel bad at all using it because I learned it. Like I did not look that up. <laughs> you right. Know? You got to, that's you're in the battle, man. You found a safe spot. Yeah. That's life. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I found the fucking the, the weak, the weak, the chink in the armor for sure. You know, so I didn't feel bad at all. And that's how I beat the prick is, is doing that. And even doing that, though, it took so many fucking hits. I mean, like, like, once I tried it, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just I, I couldn't believe how many hits it required. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, even and like. I wasn't sure again, like even after having experience it the first time this time, because I was up against the wall and I'm not sure exactly if my where I'm shooting from this position is doing damage and whether or not this cheese is working like it's still i still sat there for however long it took like not sure if i was making progress or not you know? <laughs> oh man that's the worst yeah they made this as okay uh, so cool. hats off to you konami for for making a prick of a game and a half <laughs> uh. Yeah, so uh, on Deathblow, the there's explosions all over the tank. The gun turret disappears, the little secondary gun turret, and then the explosions stop. And then the tank looks all fucked up. It rolls back to center mass where it started uh, on the behind where the building was, and in front of the steps. And you get what is the first bad Japanese translation syntax on some copy that I noticed in the entire game. <laughs> it is well done! Exclamation mark! Your mission accomplished. Like. Why, O U R mission accomplished? No, which is not a sentence. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Only one of so many is not a bad ratio by any length. Uh, Not and and even that's it's not a dumpster fire, but it's still not right. So, (laughs) uh, (laughs) then you get uh, one of the best looking Wednesday cutscenes I've ever seen on the system. the The soldiers are waiting against their jeep and watching the sunset over some water. The sun has like a shimmer animation to it. And that's kind of incomprehensible to me on NES hardware. <laughs> so, <laughs> very impressive. Yeah, that's uh, very, uh, very good. And the with you know, the guys sit and stare at that for a few minutes or a few seconds, and then the rescue stealth chopper. Give me one more. Get to the chopper. Give me the chopper. <laughs> Give me the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> get, get, get to the chopper. Yeah, the rescue chopper, <laughs> rescue stealth chopper comes buzzing in like right out of the goddamn sun. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> and then, and, I was and, mesmerized. And, I'm sitting there staring at it like, oh, this yeah. is beautiful. And like, it even better, like, which is just like such an encapsulation of the 80s action genre that this game is trying to bite off of. The chopper, it freezes frame midair. Like, the chopper doesn't get all the way to you, it like freezes, like, you know, a, whatever the distance would be offshore still. And then. The, it, the the frame freezes and you start getting the credits, which is just so good. <laughs> the tang's there for your enjoyment, like, yeah. Right. Chopper. So you get uh, not full names in the credits, just one name per. Uh, seems like surnames, but I'm no Japanese name expert, and, <laughs> as we've definitely established. And uh, so, yeah, you get that thing, that, you know, that, uh, I don't know, the kind of, you, you get kind of the, the urban legend with these games that they, that the, the developer companies didn't want their staffs poached. And this is another instance where they weren't doing full names of the developers, which is strange in comparison to modern day game credits. But so you, sad. So yep, sad. you get those roll by, which is a rather short sequence. Actually, it seemed like very few human beings. If that's really the only number of, or the, the number of people who, who made this happen, it's pretty impressive, I think. <laughs> and 
at the end, you get push start key um, as last thing on the roll, and the music will keep cranking until you do so. Like it does not stop, so you can sit and stare. I love that when, when they, they do that when there's no nat. You know, you, you basically have you can sit and revel in this as long as you want. Is kind of what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. it's nice. You can get out. You can get out your little uh, disposable camera and take a picture if you need to. Like whatever, <laughs> no, whatever you need to do to really embrace that you accomplished this feat, uh, you have the time to do it. And it, you know, it's the worst thing ever if you're trying to do that and the thing just cuts to the fucking title screen. You're like, ah, you money. <laughs> Grab your Polaroids and this to Nintendo Power. Right. You're on the tip list, buddy. Yep. Uh, so when you do hit the start key, they restart the game at level one. And um, yeah, that is the single player experience of Jackal. After these messages... We'll be right back. I've heard kids talking about Konami video games from the Nintendo Entertainment System. Like they were real. Come on. I mean, the action in Konami's Russian attack is awesome. And those dudes in Castlevania are pretty intense. And I'll even admit that the sound in Konami games is jabbing. But realistic? Give me a break. Konami video games so real they'll blow you away. That was a Konami NES library commercial from the latter 80s. I was in, unable to find an initial air date, but it is clearly from then or around then. And the sounds is jamming, Jay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> quite, a, quite a tagline they threw in there. So we played this together in Parsec Digital Couch Co-op fashion, and it was fucking great. Yeah. I mean, Oh man, it was a blast. It was way more fun than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, just you know, speaking from the game perspective, it was fantastic, and that was our first uh, significant couch co-op attempt with Parsec too. And it, I mean, it could not. I don't think it could have worked any better. In all honesty, it was pretty sound, smooth. Of that beeping yeah. sound, we couldn't figure out. Like that was the only. Right? Thing. <laughs> and I still don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, me neither. But yeah, other than that, it was so good. Like maybe some lag at the beginning, but like other than that, then it was like. It was like we were playing together, like yeah. sitting right here. It was good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, that's I mean, all. The, yeah, the game. The game is an absolute fucking blast. Certainly, no question, uh, intended to be played by two people. You know, it's like it's such a better experience and, and oh, yeah. more fun than uh, yeah. I mean, all these games are that way. That's not different. Contra, you know, it's a it's a Contra clone in that regard. And they they scale. I felt that they did scale the difficulty some too, and that is actually a rarity. I feel. And I don't feel like Contra did that, but they, they scale the difficulty in, in that there's uh, I'm absolutely certain I saw some enemies in our play that I did not encounter in my one player playthrough. There was the those like they were trucks that were like pulling up like they like would pull up and they would just drop dudes off. And like I yeah, thousand yeah, percent did not see those in my single player playthrough for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure there were a couple other things, too. So that's cool. You know, if, if, if that's not um, miss misgaged that that's a cool little touch to, to, to make it different for the two-player experience you know and to make it more difficult because it should be it's, it's obviously easier from the player side if you have two bolts <laughs> two sets of bolts <laughs> so, um, yeah and, there, and there's plenty this is this is maybe this is an even cooler thing i think there's plenty of opportunities for teamwork beyond just blasting shit to pieces together and you know there's plenty of that as well too of course but there was a situation i recall and, and i was had to watch that video again to count the fucking deaths but there was a situation that we got to where we were kind of bottlenecked at a point. I think it was in the the, the uh, bike rack stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. The third, I think it's the third one. And there's this Actually. point where, we, yeah, we got bottlenecked by a stationary gun, and the way we got through it was you kind of acted as a decoy and attracted the fire from it, 
and you know evade, uh, spent time evading that and it allowed me an opening because those turrets kind of turn a little slowly and they can't track to a new place they want to fire very quickly so you can yeah you were able to kind of decoy and and make enough of a space for me to sneak by and then kill the thing from behind while you were doing that you know and that kind of teamwork shit is what really makes a game like this fun where you are trying to work together and accomplish goals you know and and uh not always is it the case sometimes it's just like we said two sets of fire now and that's the only difference whereas this gave you opportunities to truly tag team things and that's cool so i like that yeah Definitely yep. a definitely a much better second player experience to me for sure. The one yep. player, and we did two plays. Uh, we kind of touched on a little bit already, but yeah, we went through. We got to the fifth stage and ran out of continues, and we did not have the kind of lives that allowed allotted us or the patience maybe to go through it all the way again uh, and not to be able to get to the end. So such so, a bummer. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we had that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I was save scumming when I did the one player, so I never even like encountered this, or maybe got close to encountering it. But we didn't know how many continues we had, and like I, on that first playthrough, it ended. We got to the fifth stage, and you had <laughs> I had like four, three, two or three, so like a bunch of lives left basically still when you died. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah, I didn't want, to, especially towards the end of the game, I didn't want you to just sit there and just fucking stare at the screen while I play. So I was like, I'll just fucking get fragged intentionally. We'll continue, and then you know, approach it together. And like, as I was losing that last life, I was like, I bet I'm going to run out of continues here. Exactly. I want to, I, I think four times, I think, because it was multipliers of, well, maybe, maybe five. I don't know. But yeah, like four or five is the continue number. And then after that, it's game over. So that happened to us the first time. So to circumvent that happening again, we started looking for stage select codes or something and we couldn't find any of those but we did find Game Genie codes, and I had never actually used on Nestopia. I'd never tried to use the Game Genie feature before, so uh, I didn't realize how easy it was. But yeah, you, you know, you find the Game Genie codes, and you just punch those babies into the emulator, and then boom, you have whatever that Game Genie code uh, would have given you back, way back when. So we found codes for Infinite Lives, and then upon respawn after death, you still have the weapons you had when you died. So needless to say, that like really greased the wheels. <laughs> Super awesome at yeah. that point. OP. Yeah. yeah. And then it, re- it really is just, yeah, I mean, a kamikaze and a half mission where you're just fucking, you don't give a shit about anything because you don't even, you don't even get the downgraded weapons. So you're just blowing <laughs> Smashing things. Yeah. And it's funny Hulk too. Smash. Yeah. Yeah. It made me realize how much of a multiplier effect dying has because, you know, losing that weaponry is such a downgrade in your effectiveness. So, like, not having that happen, coupled with, of course, the total lack of fear of dying. Like, yeah, I mean, you really can, it, it, it made it easier, you know, it, it, not in just that you have unlimited continues and limited deaths, but like it literally made the, phys- the physical execution of the levels easier knowing and having that luxury, you know, which oh, is for sure. It's go time. Yeah. Like there's no fear. Let's rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we record, yeah, we recorded the play video of both those runs. So those are in the show notes and yeah, that was a two player experience. Let's run it by King Laura. Of course, the ending theme. 
that's very catchy. I really like that one. Of course, nice yep. track of, among nice tracks. Yep, appropriately epic for the accomplishment. Um, Agreed. How'd you feel about the game, Jay? <laughs> you know what? I think overall, weighted heavily. Lots of pros, very <laughs> few cons. Uh, no, seriously, I think you know, a fun game. Really like the controls. You know, I, 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 a lot of these early games, crappy controls can really ruin it. This one, really nice way. You know, multi-directional. I actually read some article that said originally they meant for this game to be released with some kind of joystick multi-directional control. So it was meant to really be like great controls on this so and i think i think even with the nes gamepad still great you know a lot of fun a lot of crazy obstacles they know how to turn it up i'm gonna give it i would give it the blessing yeah i would give it the blessing yeah man uh this is exactly why i wanted to start this podcast <laughs> yeah. like, uh, i knew this game wasn't bad i had dabbled before but i had no fucking idea it was gonna be this great and like i'm not the world's biggest shooter fan so it isn't the kind of game that i'm like oh i really need to check that out <laughs> you know yeah. so it could have been it's very possible that i could have went to my grave never having really played this with any level of um uh thoroughness had this podcast not been going on so yeah very pleased i mean it it, it made me realize uh <laughs> at the end towards the end of the game that if i don't swear a shit ton it's not a worthy final boss battle, and I do not respect it. <laughs> uh, and this made me swear a shit ton. So, uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, there's probably some unhealthy anger management issues at the root of that, but what are you going to do? Uh, it did present the appropriate challenge because that, in turn, sets the market for the feeling of accomplishment when you beat it. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the feeling of beating this game, even with my cheese tactic was profound <laughs> and, and captured by the last screen with the guy smoking uh, in the sunset sure yeah well, chopper yeah yeah yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that yeah. like yeah even you know <clears throat> there's two it's a two-tier reward of course it's the you know the the feeling on the inside that you get just from having done it and then there's yes like how are you rewarded tangibly with this accomplishment or for this accomplishment rather and and they hit both with like perfect crescendo notes you know so uh yeah they it's it's a really well done game as you know you'd expect from konami but you just never know with these game with these with this tier of, well with any tier of gaming it's not really just 8-bit but you never know and they yeah. fucking nailed it to say the least and on top of that one player experience the couch co-op is near perfect execution for the nes so I, you know as you, like you said the controls are fucking fantastic the music is off the charts every track is a banger like there's no bad music in the game it's uh just very little to bitch about even the thing like the you know my biggest gripe when i first turned it on like what the fuck is with this machine gun thing but like even that by the end of it i was like i like to get used to it yeah so yeah, there's you, just, you care know. about picking up the guys like you want you don't want to yeah. let them die you don't want to let them down like it's that's a yep. fun little side effect. Yep, yeah. and it's it's appropriately rewarding. Yeah, when you when you do drop them off successfully, even within the level, that's like a a sub uh, sub goal, you know, a secondary mm -hmm. goal in in the natural. Like usually these games are just about staying alive and killing everything, and like the idea that you have the secondary objective is such a well done and well executed thing, you know. So. Yep. Yeah, man. Resoundingly blessed by King Lorik, me, my dog, the rest of the court, fucking everyone blesses this game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the Imperial Schools of Honors. Look at Jackal on the Nintendo Entertainment System. 
in closing, we will be looking at Game Pro Issue 2 next, so our second Game Pro. And that's fun and exciting. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. You don't really, I don't think I need to list them off anymore. I've done that enough times. And you please do rate and review and leave, you know, positive shit on whatever platform that may be. And the website for the pod is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly to talk shit or praise or whatever at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes, as is the link to the subreddit. And Jay, what are your socials? You can catch me, Gentleman JB, without the second E. Everything. And I am on Twitter at Josh Follin, on Instagram at my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. Bye.